Hi, this is Relate to the Bible podcast with Deborah Styling, a podcast that helps listeners realize the Bible is still relevant in the 21st century. Hello, this newest podcast uh, related to books of the Bible in smaller chunks can be found at https colon double backslash Bible in smaller chunks, B-I-B-L-E-I-N-S-M-A-L-L-E-R-C-H-U-N-K-S dot blogspot, B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T dot com. It is called Making the Things for the Tabernacle According to the Lord's Intelligent Design. This is from Exodus chapter 36, verse 1 through 38. Um, I felt led to write this for people in our busy world so that they could hear the Bible or read the Bible in smaller chunks of time that they have available. But in doing so, I'm ever mindful of Revelations chapter 22, verses 18 through 19, not to add to or take away from anything in the Bible. So I had to be extremely prayerful on how to accomplish this. And after lots of prayer, the Lord had it on my heart that I'm not supposed to alter in any way or any negative way to change anything in the, the meaning of anything in the Bible. There are times he has it on my heart to add things that give background information, to add meaning, because if you turn to a book of the Bible, sometimes it will refer to things that happen in other books of the Bible or other chapters of that book. And uh, if somebody's just reading it, they might not understand what it's referring to or the implications of what happened previously to what is currently happening. And so I, I put those, when he has it on my heart, I put them within brackets. If it seems extremely important to make sure you're aware that I've added it, although I put most all everything like that within brackets. I will change the color of the font if you get on the internet, but to, to view it. But um, I let God guide me according to what he has on my heart to, to do. But I'm not to alter the meaning. Okay, um, so I primarily use prayers and the King James Version Bible. But at times I will use BibleGateway.com, BibleHub.com, and other internet resources as necessary. Also, the Lord had it on my heart to put it into a table format. It appears that it may be beneficial for people to read it more quickly, or it's beneficial for them to better understand the, what's within the text. And also, I don't put in repetitive text. If it has, if it provides additional meaning, it's always included. And and if it's repetitive in another chapter, that's a whole different thing is what's within that chapter. So if it's repetitive in that chapter and it doesn't add new meaning and it does and it's not used for emphasis, then the repetitive portion won't be put in. But that changes the verse numbering. So to be able to rectify this throughout all of this project that's on my heart is um, project for the Lord that's on my heart is um, I tell you a range of verses like I am now. So I don't say verse 14, verse 15, verse 16. I 
tell you like I am now that this is Exodus chapter 36 and it covers verses 1 through 38. So the vast majority of the pertinent information that God has on my heart to share from Exodus chapter 36 will be within this particular podcast. Also, um, there are times within the brackets I will also include paraphrase background information, information that might provide clarity, more current terms, sometimes transition words. Sometimes it's um, who's speaking and who's being spoken to, because it'll say he spoke to him. It's like, okay, who's the he? Who's the him? And so I, not every time, but when I think it's maybe going to make a difference, I will put within brackets who's speaking and being spoken to. Sometimes there's condensing, combining, and compressing similar words. When I get to a portion that's for telling something significant, I will put an asterisk and I'll say, ah, there's an asterisk. It's for telling something in the Bible. And then if it's something I can briefly paraphrase, I will do so and share that with you. And but sometimes things are far-reaching and, um, and I won't be able to condense it. Just depends. Um, and then when we get to the New Testament, I will tell you when Jesus's words are written in red. Okay, making the things for the tabernacle according to the Lord's intelligent design. So here's an aside before we even start. So the tabernacle is kind of like a movable tent church because they're in the wilderness and the Lord God wanted to have a place for them to worship him because it covers 40 years. This is after that after the period of time, backstory, real lot of extra. After Aaron um, had built, Moses went up onto Mount Horeb to talk to the Lord God. He was there 40 days and 40 nights. And the people got scared. They didn't know what happened to Moses. And they went to Aaron, who was Moses' brother, because Aaron was in the camp while Moses was up on the mountain. And um, Aaron made a false god, and it's a gold calf. And he told them, this is the God that brought you out of Israel. And they worshipped it. And their whole lifestyle and choices at, in that period of time were affected by worshipping the false God. And, and their behavior was inappropriate. Anyway, the thing is that God wanted them to have a place to worship him. And, and at that point, after they had done this, God left it where it was, they were going to be in the wilderness for, I mean, God always knows the big picture ahead of time. I'm maybe not explaining this well, but he knew they were going to be in the wilderness for 40 days. I mean, 40 years. And the thing is, is, and it's not just from this experience only, there's some other things that happen in the later on that lead to them being there in 40 years. Um, so, and I want to tell you it, but then I'll be spending the whole time on backstories, <laughs> and I want to get to what I'm supposed to share with you right now. Um, anyway, so it's a movable tent church, and he's telling them how to make it, and how to, um, and he, and he gives very, very detailed information, and then still in the side, I apologize. I do, and I don't, because it's really wonderful to me. It's 
to me, another proof that the Lord God is true, not just some story. I know people, some people say, oh, it's just passed down from generation to generation. And it, and it can be passed down from generation to generation. But this detail is so specific that it shows you that it came from the Lord God. He tells Moses, and Moses tells them all these things, and then they do exactly like the Lord God tells them for the tabernacle and different things related to it. But it's so specific, it had to have been written down. It's not like something, like I would tell a little red writing to my kids type of thing and maybe improvise some. This is extremely specific. So it's an additional proof to me that this has been recorded and saved and passed down and other very specific things over time in the Bible have been added to it. Not just some story that people make up, some fable or something. It is true. Anyway, now I'll get to this one. Okay, Moses called Bezalel. Oops, I gotta tell you. Oh yeah, it's how. Okay, Bezalel is like the head artisan. And so it says, Moses called Bezalel Aholiab and every skilled artisan in whom the Lord God put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all types of work for the service of the sanctuary as the Lord had commanded. They received from Moses all the free will offerings which the children of Israel had brought for the, and the children of Israel are not like little kids, they could include kids, but it's say of the family of Israel or the Israelites had brought for the work of making the sanctuary and they continued to bring them every morning. The skilled men who were doing all the work of the sanctuary left his work and came and spoke to Moses saying, the people have brought much more than enough items to do the work which the Lord has commanded to be made. Moses proclaimed throughout the camp that the materials brought from the offering were sufficient for all the work to be done and was too much and the people were restrained from bringing any more. Every skilled artisan among them who worked on the tabernacle made 10 curtains, 28 by four cubits each, of fine woven linen and purple and blue and scarlet thread with cherubim, which are angels of skillful work. Each of the two sets of five curtains were coupled to one another and the loops held one curtain to another. See how detailed this is? Uh, again, this is an aside. It's not like just something somebody would remember to tell their kids and their grandkids and all of that. All these details, it's very specific. 50 loops of yarn were made on the selvage edge of one set of five curtains and 50 loops on the outer edge of the outer set of five curtains. 50 clasps of gold were made, which coupled each set of five curtains to the other set of curtains, that it might be one tabernacle. And again, aside, I did tell you, like the Lord God told Moses, well, that part was in a different chapter prior to this. And then Moses has told them, and now they're making it the way the Lord said. He made 11 curtains, 30 inches by, I'm not, 30 by four cubits of goat's hair for the ten over the tabernacle. He coupled five curtains together and made 50 loops on the outermost edge of one set of curtains and coupled the other six curtains together. He put 50 loops on the edge of the second set of curtains and coupled both sets together with the 50 brass clasps he had he made to couple the tent together so that it might be one. 
Then he made a covering for the tent made of ram skin dyed red and covered and a covering above that made of badger skin. For the tabernacle, he made upright boards of chinam wood, 10 by one and a half cubits, and each board had two tenons for binding one to another. He made 20 boards for the south side and 20 boards for the north side of the tabernacle and 40 sockets of silver for each side for the two tenons underneath each of the, the boards. He made six more boards for the west side. He made two boards for the two back corners of the tabernacle and they were coupled together at the top and then at the and the bottom of by one ring for the two corners. So there were eight boards and their sockets were 16 sockets of silver, two sockets under each board. He made five bar, bars of shittim wood for the boards for each of the three sides of the tabernacle. He made the middle bar pass through the boards from one end to the another. He overlaid all the boards and bars with gold and made their rings of gold to be a holder for the bars. He made a veil of blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen with an artistic work of cherubim, which is angel design, for it. And he made four pillars of shittim wood and overlaid them with gold, with hooks of gold. With gold and with hooks of gold. Okay, he cast four sockets of silver for them, and he also made a hanging screen for the tabernacle door of blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen and needlework. The five pillars of it with their hooks, he overlaid their capitals and their bands with gold, but their five sockets were brass. The next time I share with you, it will be over Exodus chapter 37, verses 1 through 29, and I've titled that Making the Ark of the Lord for the Tabernacle According to the Lord's Plan. Please share this with others. Thank you. Thank you for joining us at Relate to the Bible. I look forward to you joining us next time where you will hear more examples of how you can relate the Bible in ways that are especially meaningful to you.